The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Thanks for joining us again. We have uh, a very exciting show for you today. Uh, Keeping with our platform, uh, women in business and women who are taking it a step further, I think you'll find uh, our guest today... um, Really uh, exciting, and definitely taking a step, taking it a step further. But she's taking a community a step further. So uh, I want to thank you all again for tuning in, and we have uh, many of you uh, from uh, different countries that are tuning in. So I want to say thank you to Italy and Spain and Germany, China, Japan, and Canada. And if I left you out, you know I. We'll revisit next week, uh, so thanks again. Um, we are Wellness Interactive, and we have a signature brand. It's the Wellness Lounge, and we're located at 14 South Orange Avenue in South Orange, New Jersey, and we believe that uh, our platform is designed to engage those who are taking it a step further, or we'd like to believe that. And these people are doing amazing uh, work throughout the country and outside of the country, and they may live right next door to you, and you may not have an idea about what they are doing in uh, the community. So we like to bring people on to help you, no matter where you are, uh, to uh, be visible and to be proactive and active in your communities while you're building your own very amazing platform. So that said, I want to uh, read, uh, as I normally do, a passage. Uh, this uh, Today it just happens to be from uh, my pastor's book, Terry A. Smith. I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from Live 10 and uh uh, Pastor uh, Terry Smith, uh, he's a leadership expert, and he has been seen, uh, uh, he, well, his goal or his, his focus is always the transformation from fear-based hesitation to faith-based confidence, from conventional, not quite fulfilling life to proactive, best, abundant life. And I think that's why he named it Live 10. So I want to read this, uh, and just keep in mind, we, uh, when, when I choose a, a paragraph, it's just to empower everyone. It has nothing to do with uh, so much, much uh, of uh, where your direction is uh, and uh, politics or faith-based or 
it's just to empower you with the message that I see um, may uh, help. So on this note, it's Chapter 20, Be the Miracle. You must act to make your history. Part of my problem in life and leadership is that I want everything to be perfect before I take action. Whether that's trying to master a subject on which I'm about to speak or knowing every detail about a major project, it's hard for for me sometimes to just pull the trigger. Carly Fiorina former CEO of Hewlett-Packard, wrote about her attempt to bring change to her company's culture. So often, the instinct was to stand still until every contingency had been prepared for, until every question had been answered, until every possible risk had been defined. Some in Silicon Valley said that the best way to manage a technology company in fast-moving times was described by Ready, fire, aim, 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 aim. By this, they meant that fast action and rapid fire decisions, decision-making was critical. And once a decision was made, you expended energy to make the decision right. The joke was that HP management philosophy had become ready, aim, 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 aim. No one ever fired until absolutely everything was perfect, and so no one ever fired. Fiorina said she coined the phrase perfect enough, meaning that at some point, maybe sooner rather than later, you have to decide and execute. Success flows from action. Even something as esoteric as love has to be acted upon to be experienced. So on that note, I think that's empowering. I love that. It's uh, absolutely amazing, and it is coming from an amazing businesswoman, I think. And uh, on that note, I'd love right now to introduce you to another uh, amazing businesswoman and who is very enlightening, and she's such a beautiful young woman doing so many <laughs> extraordinary things. So today with us, we have, uh, uh, which we're grateful to have, Taina Gurma Jeffries. She's a woman in business making a difference. Uh, she is the CEO and owner of the Cultivation Group. Taina Germa Jeffries has had an extensive career in marketing and building global brands. Taina has had tenure at top global advertising agencies, including Ogilvy and Mather, Gray Worldwide, the Kaplan, Thaler Group, and Sawtooth Group. Her clients have included Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola Company, Wyeth & McCormick, uh, she's launched a new venture called the Cultivation Group, which has allowed her to merge her love for community planning and development with her expertise in marketing. The mission is to transform the urban landscape of Newark culturally and visually one person, one block, and one corner at a time. The goal of the group is to create a real movement around community-based 
economic development. The cultivation group just completed construction on their first commercial project in Newark. I just, I, I'm just so excited. So thank you. I know I just, I can go on and on. So thank you so much, Tina, for joining us today. How are thank- you? I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about um, the amazing work that uh, you as a, uh entrepreneur has, uh, you, well, I guess you, you've taken this on, and I'd love uh, to really uh, just begin with um, your vision for all of this and and. Uh, how this happened or when it happened. And does that, is that a reflection on maybe perhaps uh, something that happened earlier in your life as a young person? You know, I, I, it's, it's funny. Growing up, um, my name, Tananye, um, means a wave of change. My parents are from Ethiopia. And um, so I'm a first-generation American. And it's interesting, my, my parents... My father's an engineer, my mom's a pharmacist, so they're both very science-oriented people, but they always were in business. You know, my, my dad always, you know, kind of was in, you know, development of properties and all of that. Um, so growing up, I grew up in that space, um, and it's interesting, I guess when you grow up doing something and it's in your blood, you don't realize it, and it unfolds later on in life. Right, um, right. Isn't that so? <laughs> so, so it's 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 interesting. It's, it's more about, I guess, connecting the dots, looking at opportunities where you are, um, the current space that you're in. Um, I think, especially as women, um, our lives are ever changing and evolving. So mm-hmm. we constantly need to maximize the opportunities where we are when they when they when they show and present themselves to us. So absolutely. Um, you know, so the so, cultivation group, yeah, that's that's kind of, I guess, how it it came about was, you know, through opportunity and uh, and access. Right. It's almost uh, really speaking about the the legacy that we really don't know exists until it does happen and it hit us. You know. Oh no, absolutely, yeah, isn't absolutely. That amazing? And I and I and uh, we, we do been, uh, take things know. from our parents, and we have no idea that you know they they really have created an amazing legacy of knowledge and you know just information to continue our journey. I right. think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, so I, I your 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 dad do. and your mom they were engineers and scientists and as a child were you engaged with any of this at all? Well, I science remember, or mm-hmm. uh, no, I remember vaguely like my because my the fascination for me was because I was really. I, I always did very well in school, and I did fairly well in math and science, but I really was a creative person, more uh-huh. creative. And when, um, and this is for all of my, you know, global, you know, network of people that are on the phone, a lot of foreigners tend to be, in America, tend to focus so much on the science portion. Uh-huh. My parents wanted me to, you know, be a scientist or a doctor, but I always <laughs> trying to find a creative you know, outlet of expression. And the thing that fascinated me most about what my my dad, what he would do development work was seeing, like, I would, my, I remember my dad was like, okay, write down the name, you know, the number for the property and all of that. So I would see it like from when <laughs> the beginning stage when we'd like, 
you know, purchase the property or whatever. And I get to see the finishing stage. And it was just, it was just the process of it was so fascinating to me, you know, like taking something from, you know, complete disarray and just reimagining it and it being something new. That process was really, really excited me. Even as a young, young girl, I remember that. Oh, wow. See, and I, I just, I think it's so important. Uh, sometimes it's, it's easy to forget because we are, you know, living our, in our space and on our journey. And uh, as a parent, we forget that the takeaway for most young people is uh, that uh, platform that you just spoke about, you know, uh, giving uh, the child a task. And, right. <laughs> you know, right. And totally. It through. Totally. Which uh, I, I love that. So, um, did you uh, engage uh, uh, at all? Uh, and and it's uh, you know I I love I definitely love your bio. I love all the guests that come on, but there's something about building a community. And so <sighs> uh, that said, you know when you uh, reflect on your childhood or even as a, a teenager, right. can you tell us uh, how you felt uh, as a young person, as a teenager within your community, and what mm. that looked like for you? And, and Because I, I think uh, uh, the whole um, concern right now, our communities throughout the country and maybe throughout the world, it's access, access to right. all the things that, we need we uh, the the people we need to be around. Uh, I'm just really curious as to what the community looks uh, looked like for you in the past, and and then taking us to where you are now because it is a, an amazing step that you're doing to build on communities platform the community platform. I think you know it's so interesting because where I was raised, my like I said, my parents are first generation. I'm first generation, so where I grew up, it was I grew up in Kensington, Maryland, <clears throat> which is a you know suburban neighborhood uh, in Maryland, um, predominantly Caucasian. I was so you know one of two other families that were of you know were of you know color or however you like to say it, mm-hmm. and it was interesting because even being a first generation child is such a unique experience in the States, I think, because your parents want you to hold on to your culture, and you want to hold on to your culture, but then you have to, you feel like you want to assimilate, you know, Mm -hmm. and you want to be a part of, you kind of just want to be under the radar, but then also, I I was growing up, I was always very independent, very, I remember that, like, I was not, you couldn't put me in a box, I was never the girl who, you you know, (laughs) listens to, you know, hip-hop, what I was totally, like, I was a skateboarder, I always were, like, I had a job at 15, I was very, I've always been, you know, even through college, I I carried, you know, I had five internships, I was very, I always participated in life, you know, you know, I really, you know, living life to the fullest, but really engaging and, you know, doing Mm -hmm. it on my own terms. That's definitely my, has always been the consistent (laughs) stream of consciousness of me. So, and I think that, thank God I had parents who got that and understood that and still, you know, so like I grew up playing the sax, you know, I played alto, I played the flute, you know, I was, <laughs> I was a cheerleader, a dancer, I was on the debate team, like, you know, I was always right. really engaged. Participating, that's awesome. Participating. Yeah. 
participating. And that's, yeah. that's the yeah. same. If I look back and kind of connect it, because my mom was like, yeah, you've always been busy. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess that's what it is. But because people even now say, Tony, how do you do it all? You know, you have a husband who's, you know, running for mayor. You have your own <laughs> business. You know, you're head of the Neighborhood Association. You're the former <laughs> president. You have two little kids. And I'm always there at 4.30 to get my kids from the bus. Like, I am yes. still very much involved in my kids' lives. Um, but I've always been a participant. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I like to show up, you know, right. and do my work. Not for attention, not for anything like that, but just more to, you know, be engaged and participate. Okay. Good for you. You know, and, and I, I love that, uh, participation and to show up. I was telling my niece once, uh, she uh, uh, she says, oh, I, I, I'm going to send that thank you card. I'm going to send this card. And it's always important to say thank you, absolutely. But I said to her one day, I said, you know, Michelle, it really, truly is just about showing up. And I right. think um, just listening to you say that, I think the, the showing up uh, has so much to do with the way you navigate your life experience, which you have just explained um, about your you know, life experience, which um, I think, I don't know if it's uh, something easy for some parents to do and some parents not to do. What's your feeling about that? Because I know that, uh, as you just mentioned, you you pick your kids up at the bus. I mean, that's right. something I've always done too. But you're, you have people saying, oh, my gosh, how do you do this? And I think it's really just navigating that whole life experience and participating. Right. Right. I, I completely agree. And I think it's knowing that you're in control. I mean, mm-hmm. I believe that. I think that I, I definitely believe I'm in control of my destiny, my time, you know, um, what I do with it. I'm very deliberate. You got to be deliberate about the people in your life, about where you spend your time, you know, um, mm. but you have to know that you're in control. You know, you have I think that the hardest thing in the States, um, since we have a global audience, I keep referring to the States, but, you know, most people work, right? Most people, all of us work, you know, but definitely for those who aren't um, entrepreneurs or own our own business, you're, you tend to be on somebody else's clock all the time. And mm-hmm. that can make people feel as though they aren't in control of their time, you know, right. and they mm-hmm. don't, feel like, you know, oh, I'm too busy to do this. I'm too, I mean, it, it, I definitely, even if I take a look at my neighborhood association, I, you know, I have maybe like five people who are really engaged, you know, that are mm-hmm. really working. And, and, you know, a lot, most people are totally busy. I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's still your community. You know, you right. still have to participate. And, and we're all, you know, the five people who are, who come oftentimes are the busiest. They're <laughs> really parts of, yes, absolutely. In other parts of their lives, you know, so um, right. I think that it's kind of I'm not I hate to say it. Sometimes it's an excuse, you know, like you are right, you, you know, you or maybe yeah, them. or maybe they just have not learned how to navigate that same experience that we're discussing because it, it may I begin, uh, as, as, you know, a you, you know, a, a person, a, a young person where. Uh, you're given all these different tasks to do. And maybe, uh, you know, we have kids now that are just sitting in front of their computers. And maybe perhaps uh, the whole uh, uh, goal is, as you said, to participate, but then understanding how to navigate that participation. So right. you're absolutely right. But hold uh, everything. We're going to break for commercial. 
and uh, very excited to speak with uh, this amazing business entrepreneur, uh, Tananye. Uh, 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 will be right back with us and uh, explain how her navigation process uh, takes all of us a step further, including herself. Thank you. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks again for tuning in. We're speaking with Tananya Germa. I'm sorry, Germa Jeffries. But, uh, fabulous, must, fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> I must say, yes. <laughs> and it, you're fabulous. And, and it's so great to hear about how uh, you're navigating your whole life experience, which brings me to uh, what you uh, mentioned uh, in our early conversation that your husband is running for mayor. And so it's, it's my uh, belief or, or thinking, and it's just mine, so <laughs> you guys, we're, we're always, tweet- always tweeting about it, and you just need to know that it's my personal uh, opinion. But, um, you know, I was traveling with the leading women entrepreneurs last year, Leading Women Entrepreneurs is a, an amazing uh, organization um, that really supports women in business. And the top 25 leading women entrepreneurs last year, they were actually responsible for generating $5 billion in revenue for the state of New Jersey. Now, uh, this amazing platform, it is in other states, and uh, you can always uh, Google or you know, find out more information uh, by Googling. But I say this because last year we traveled to Norway and we traveled to Turkey to meet other businesswomen. So uh, our trip 
to Turkey, I met uh, uh, one of the uh, businesswomen. She was quite amazing. Her husband was actually mayor of a small town in Turkey. Well, I shouldn't say small town, but it, it was a, a city, more or less. But uh, she so reminds me of, uh, uh, of uh, yourself right now, uh, <laughs> Tananya, because she had her own uh, business and her own platform, but she was also able to engage her husband, who was mayor of the, the city, on uh, taking it a step further and doing more within the community. Um, and just hats off to you women who are side, uh, standing side by side with your, your husbands and um, doing more uh, for our uh, communities and for young people. And, you know, your vision is enormous. So tell us more about what you're doing uh, alongside of your husband and uh, you know your your husband's running for mayor please uh, yes. fill us in yes he is we have we uh, my husband Shavar Jeffries is running for mayor of Newark New Jersey um, the largest city in the state of New Jersey so it's 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 a pretty big deal it's a it's a big deal so we've been running for about 20 months it's been a long long campaign um but we're excited. We have 23 days left till election day. So um, it's been it's been a great platform. You know, I think that um, when again back to the concept of participation and showing up, I definitely, of course, wanted to support my husband because I definitely think he's the best candidate in choice. But beyond that, you know, we're talking about how can you know we engage the women in Newark. Um, the largest voter base in Newark. Uh, is women, are women, and it's uh, the number is at 63%, so that's really, really high. So wow. I wanted to, yeah, you know, and, and, and I think that that's probably an, a national average. You know, women tend to be the backbone behind politics, the churches, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to, I wanted to find a natural way to engage women um, mm-hmm. and create some sort of like networking for, for women in business, because you know, when they ask me, this, said, Tanya, you know, what do you want your platform to be? And usually, I mean, people tend to go to, you know, social programs and stuff like that, which is awesome. But I really wanted to focus on women in business and empowerment because that, I think, gets lost. You know, those women tend to get lost mm-hmm. in these discussions. So I, we created this whole 500 women platform around, you know, of course, Shavar running for office, but we would create networking uh, events for women to kind of like meet up mm. and network and learn, of course, about Shavar's vision. But also, in my mind, I was like, this will be a great way for people to engage and meet. Wow. You know, and and th- and it truly was amazing. And we had we had different meet and greets, and these women were just, I mean, you know, women women who own their own insurance brokerage firms, women who own restaurants, women who you know had their own nonprofits. All of these women couldn't believe that the woman next to them was doing what she was doing. You know, oh, I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is so amazing. And I think because. You know, we tend to engage around our kids and, you know, those types mm-hmm. of things that it's really mm-hmm. hard for women to network and to really engage. So then at the end, you know, our last about two weeks ago, I, I you know, I, I had always in my mind a vision, an event where we would really honor the best of Newark, women who are really in business in Newark. So the last event we had two weeks ago was fabulous. We honored three women in business. Um, 
that were in Newark, uh, Vonda, Vonda from Vonda's Kitchen. Um, um, we had her name is Vonda McPherson, and we also honored Esther Tanez, and um, then another one, uh, Celia, who was actually head of Leadership Newark, which was awesome. She was another woman that we honored, and we had Mickey Taylor from Essence be the guest speaker, and it was just fabulous. Like it was, oh, wow. it was what I've envisioned. You know, when Shavar's mayor, this is what I want our city to be about. You know, uplifting, empowering, celebrating. You know, Shavar's very much about, he's a very smart guy, so he gets that. You need to have, there's a hybrid between government and private sector and a way that we can uplift women in business. Every, you know, put, not just women, there's people in business here in North. Like we can uplift and we can create, you know, procurement strategies for loans. We can mm-hmm. figure out, you know, how can we incentivize through, you know, tax abatements to smaller businesses that are in business? How do we help those out? So um, it's been a great wow. platform. It's been a really good platform, and I think that it's it's allowed us to uplift and empower the women who are here, but also create new forms of engagement and business for them. Oh wow! I mean, that's that's just excellent because uh, to your point, uh, yes, women are are uh, who are in business are sometimes really lost in the message oh, and absolutely uh, there and are millions us, of business owners uh, women female business owners throughout the world and if we could uh, just uh, take uh, the platform or take uh, a guide from what uh, you're doing or what you all are doing with uh, 500 women uh, all in uh, of course for mm-hmm. your husband but just take that platform and understand that uh, this is a step further because most of us, because I'm a business owner too, of course, um, most mm-hmm. of us would love to engage in our communities. And, and a lot of us are, but from a distance because most of the time, you know, you write the check. You know. But we right. want to get more involved with these right. uh, organizations that are helping our communities. But sometimes... Uh, uh, you have women that may not know how to engage uh, uh, because they're so busy. I should, they know how to engage with uh, doing business and promoting right. business, but when it comes to that uh, whole social uh, nonprofit sector, it can be a little challenging because uh, you do need to slow down just a moment for that. But uh, with this particular platform, it, it could help uh, communities even throughout the country just understanding uh, how to create a platform for women to participate. So uh, hats off to you. I love that. Absolutely Thank love it. You. So Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I want to um, uh, speak about uh, the community itself and mm-hmm. the environment. I want to really speak about... Um, you know, the message, the message is always, not necessarily you all, but I mean in general, you know, we, we hear this message constantly, mm-hmm. be the best you can be. And this is for young people, be the best you can be, always, always. And so we do have young people that are operating uh, pretty much at, at the best that they can be. They're doing all of that, but under... Um, uh, really challenging circumstances. So my whole thinking is, oh, my gosh, if every community uh, was uh, really operating at the level where uh, young people can receive it in, in a sense, uh, 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 be, excel on all levels if the environment is really mm-hmm. conducive to them 
doing this and, and being able to do it. Um, how does your uh, your community or your your company or corporation um, really address something like this? Because I I'm reading where it's it's an amazing. Uh, platform it's a business but it's an amazing mm-hmm. platform to really speak about the landscape of a community how does that right. fit into some of these young people that are struggling and they're very bright sharp but right. the environment is not conducive to them excelling well i what made me very like i'm very cognizant of the fact that i'm a millennial so i'm fairly i guess fairly young to some people right and so i always wanted to use that as a form of engagement with the youth and understanding that your age is not, you know, a, a deterrent, you know. Exactly. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, people think that it's, like, lofty. So when I purchased um, the commercial property that I purchased, um, I in the area, you know, when I started construction, I noticed that a lot of the kids on the corner would come up to me and, you know, they'd ask, like, oh, you know, so who's – Whose property is this? And, you know, what do they plan to do? Because they never thought it was mine. Right. <laughs> you know, I was the owner. They never, <laughs> so when I was there doing construction, they just, they were like, oh, so, yeah, tell me about, you know, what's coming. And then I would always, and I mean, and some of these kids are definitely, you know, on the block, you know what I mean? And they mm-hmm. may not have mm-hmm. access and opportunity. They may be, you know, in the life, you know, and. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in energy and sharing and mm-hmm. being a testimony. Honestly, I, I I always say that what I'm doing is more about being an example and a testimony for what can be done. Another, a different example. Beautiful. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so I tend to go into communities that people aren't necessarily looking at purchasing property or developing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, so when I remember when kids would come to me, I'm like, okay, well, you know, oh, this is actually my property. This, you know, I'm the owner. And they're like, oh, wow. Like, especially you're a woman <laughs> and you're young. A young <laughs> and woman, a young woman. A, a woman of color, you know, yeah, and that's. and young. And <laughs> more surprised. So I would talk to them and I'd, you know, um, you know, talk to them about my vision of, you know, my goal is to have, you know, a, a, a franchise at the bot, you know, this, and then have, you know, a creative space because I believe that, you know, the way that you shift a lot of cultures through the art, I mean, communities is through the arts. So having, you know, pretty much part of all of my commercial properties is a arts element to it. So I have like an anchor company, franchise, or corporation that kind of, because I own, I do commercial real estate, so I own the whole building. But what I'll do is I'll get, I'll get other corporations to come in, you know, pay great mm-hmm. rent, and then I'll have an arts type of nonprofit dimension to it for the community. Um, mm. So, and the workers, like I, my construction was done. I worked with this company organization called Youth Build, um, and it's based in Newark. And they do, you know, did all of my construction. And what they do is they work with youth who may have been in trouble, may have, you know, gone to jail or something like that, but they came back out and they're looking for work. Um, so they train them. So I use youth bills to um, do my construction, and that's kind of a way to, you know, engage, give back. Mm. Um, and you know, you bring you bring it full circle. Mm-hmm. That's I. Oh wow, that's that's absolutely. Um, I, I just think it's beautiful, um, especially because it really also it starts with 
the young people just being really inquisitive about you know what you're doing and then oh i had some smart desert i had the kids that are that came up to me i could tell that they're just so bright and they just haven't seen something different you know a lot of people just they just don't they haven't had access they don't have opportunity they're not being engaged you know nobody talks to them about what else is out there so um you know i'm just trying to do our little my little you know my part in creating the shift in the conversation Oh, so very smart. And that's it. Immediately really giving back to the community, recognizing that there's so much more that uh, young people can embrace because, as you said, a number of them are just extremely bright. They're absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, I when I was in college, I remember uh, research, uh, background uh, research in uh communities and, and, and how people move and navigate. So it said something about um, 98% of the, the population. It may have changed since the time I, I was in college, but 98% <laughs> of our population tend to not move outside of the 20-mile radius. 2% mm. generally will move outside of that 20-mile radius. And so when you think about um, uh, our communities and, and uh, the environment that, uh, you know, some can be obviously uh, uh, affluent in, in, in environments or some can be challenging. So that 98%, when I, I, what I see is that it's 98% so strong that if you're going to stay within the 20-mile radius of your community, it's really focusing on what you're giving back and, and right. how to help these young people because they're our next generation, how to help them really lay out their vision for their community. So that said, I just want to... Um, you know, hopefully take it uh, another step further with your young children. I believe you have two children, right? Two? Yes, Naomi and Caleb. Naomi's seven, Caleb is nine. Nine? And Mm -hmm. Naomi? Naomi is how old? I'm sorry. Seven. Seven. So uh, you're already making a difference, okay? You and your husband are making a difference right now in your community. Now, what do you visualize for your children in the future? Because obviously I know it's not a a perfect world, but Mm -hmm. you have always participated. You just spoke about that, how you participated, how you navigate. How, How does that happen, not just for your two children, but uh, the children in the future in Newark, how does that look for you? I mean, people, someone said to me, well, I hope uh, that the the best platform for um, uh, Mayor, soon to be, hopefully Mayor (laughs) Jeffries, is it's focused on people to people. And I think you just uh, made that very clear. But taking it a step further, young people, as young as your children, how does that look for them uh, if you really have the opportunity to do all the things that you want to do to help build a community, and it just happens to be Newark? I think it's, it's – uh, I mean, I think first it starts with, you know, kids understanding accountability for themselves and their actions, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and, and really instilling that in them early um, that – 
what you choose to do, basically it's about choice. You know, you have, you have the freedom of choice and kids need to understand that, but there's consequences, there's repercussions and for kids to really kind of understand that really early on and the choices that you make one way or the other, a ripple effect is that's what, that's where you birth a community. You know what I mean? So yeah. you are in control of your community, of your destiny, but you have to play right. And if you make right choices and good choices and participate and are active and engage, and if you see something, if you little things like see something, say something. If somebody's doing right. something wrong, I think your husband is a, is a great example uh, of that. And he was born and raised in, in Newark? Absolutely, yep. He was and then uh, he, he, I think, attended Seton Hall. He's an right. attorney. Right. Uh, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there were three physicians that grew up in Newark yes. and later went on to <laughs> become right. these amazing doctors. So it, I guess it is about choice. So uh, let's stay there for a moment, then, uh, Tananye. It's about choice, but if that choice, happens to be a very challenging in the environment that you're mm-hmm. in. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, we so get it. It's almost like, uh, uh, you know, in the past, it, it, uh, there was a slogan or, or I don't know, I think it was President Reagan or Mrs. Reagan said, just say no. And right. so it's a choice, just say no. I mean, that's really easy for us. But is it at all building on, um, oh, gosh, the environment that they can uh, envision for themselves? Uh, Because uh, your husband, somehow, uh, he managed to, I think, uh, with the support of others, to envision another place. You know what I mean? Um, No, I know. I I mean, and and my husband's story is, you know, I guess – totally tragic you know his mother was murdered when he was you know nine and oh my gosh. you know and he was taken in by his grandmother when he after his mother's murder his father disappeared you know oh and wow there's some very wow. familiar story from many kids in Norway. yeah I and mean, that's that's a lot you know unfortunately it's, a, it's, a big, it's too okay. many let's just say let's say that that's not everybody's but that's too many stories are like that but right. i think you, you had you mentioned something that's key is that when kids, kids are kids, so we as adults need to imagine something greater for them, too. You know, have high oh, Thank you. I love that. Beautiful. You know? And I, I'm just um, going to have to uh, just uh, stop it uh, just for a moment, Tananyak, because uh, we can pick uh, back up with, with okay. that amazing thought that you just said after commercial. We'll return in a moment. Thank you for listening. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network.
Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further, with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Yes, again, and uh, we're engaging with Tananye Gurma Jeffries and... We were just uh, speaking uh, to Nanye uh, about uh, uh, a statement. You said uh, how we as adults should envision uh, really greatness, I think, for our children or our environments and so on. Can you speak more about uh, where we left off? Yes, I, I definitely want to touch on the notion, especially when it comes to Nork and kids and the stigma. And um, what I, I definitely think, you know, Kids should be able to hopefully see more if they have access, to, you know, to opportunities and all to be able to, you know, dream for themselves. But we really, as adults, should be setting the bar really high for these babies and these kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, you know, kids will reach up as high as you set the bar, mm-hmm. you know, or as mm-hmm. low as you set the bar. Yep. And from my personal perspective, um, and I, I, you know, and I, I know my husband shares this point of view with me, um, the bar has been set low for a lot of kids of color that also have the stigma of being of color on top of that being poor. You know, there's just right. the stigma right. of low expectations. I've been in rooms where people have said, you know, for 10-year-olds, you know, Oh, they're not going to go to college. You know, we should focus more on vocational schools. It's right. not realistic. They can't mm-hmm. really learn. You know, these mm-hmm. kind of comments that these are babies. These they have the whole. I mean, how is your life at ten being capped? You know, right. um, and it's really the. I I will say this, and I'll take accountability. You know, it's the adults that should be setting the bar for these babies and should be dreaming really big and high for these kids. And I I think of, you know, when I look at Newark, I think of uh, places of refuge for kids like, you know, Spark Academy, which is an amazing school here in Newark. Um, And it's, it's been able to create a culture and it's a great school that creates a culture around excellence, high Mm -hmm. expectations, um, and demand, you know, very demanding culture, high expectations, but it's really the, at the core of it is love. Um, mm. And I think that that's, that's the type of environment that births, you know, excellence. Oh, I love it. Yes, it's love. It's definitely love. Because, you know, there's also, uh, to me, it's, it's like a myth for some reason. Uh, people can sometimes uh, think that parents or we as parents, we don't all want the same thing. Oh, for our children, 
Absolutely. We love our children. We want. A, I always say we we owe our children at least one thing in life if we bring them into this world, and that's education and mm-hmm. uh, really teaching them the ability to think also about more. But I, I think there are so many. There are a number of parents. Um, uh, they too can be kicked under the bus because uh, maybe perhaps uh, uh, to your thinking. Uh, they didn't have the vision at the time for their kids to do better. I think they did, and maybe sometimes we just give up. So we all want right. the best for our children. And so uh, hats off to Spark Academy. I think uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a, it does, I call it the universal law. The universal law <laughs> is that every parent wants the best for their kids, even if they're yes. down and out, even if they don't have a dollar to their name. You know, they still are dreaming for their kids and they may, you know, there's just this myth. And I'm, and I, I mean, there's this myth of the majority don't, you know, especially mm-hmm. again, of the stigma of being poor and of color. Um, right. And I think that that right. has to be dispelled. Right, right. See, now, I, I, uh, I, I just have to say, you know, we care a great deal as, uh, parents, as citizens, about um, our national politics. Uh, I personally, oh, gosh, I love our First Lady. Um, As uh, the majority of the country, we all love our First Ladies. But I think also the First Lady or the First Lady-to-be should really engage like you're engaging. And maybe I'm being more partial to you. I really, (laughs) in all honesty, I'm telling everybody out there, I've not met this beautiful woman in person at all. I just uh, really had a conversation with her and wanted to know more. And we should engage on all levels of of, of politics or the political uh, platform. We should really get close to uh, the first ladies or the first men, you know, and find out what... uh, their visions are because uh, I'll tell you, Tanya, you you really uh, you are making a difference, and you can certainly uh, make uh, uh, a difference moving forward. I just uh, I, I just love everything you're doing. Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> but, you. No, but that you know. said, uh, where is your support system, or who, who, what, when, where? You know <laughs> that great support system that we all. Uh, reach back for obviously i know that your husband is with you always right. but right. uh we're standing on shoulders where does all of this come from do you have uh, someone you uh really and, and uh, of course it's our parents too really look up to and uh well, helping I, you to well my i guess one of my um you know kind of Thought leaders, people that I really, really admire, um, Mm -hmm. is a woman by the name of Madam C.J. Walker. Um, And she was... (laughs) I I love her. And and the thing is, I I always grew up really uh, reading bios. Like, I love the story behind how people got to where they got. Always. Like, I've always been very much more obsessed with the process than the actual title. So... Yeah. But Madam C.J. Walker, for her... You know, she she was a businesswoman, you know, in the early 1900s who, you know, created um, a platform for women in empowerment through her business of beauty and, you know, hair care products. First, 
you know, woman of color millionaire during her time. And, and she lived only to 50 and, um, and she, she even paid it for, like she understood that concept, you know, mm-hmm. of, okay, mm-hmm. I got the, I have the wealth now. How do I teach other women to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought was just, and she was involved in politics, but she was, she was a, a really an amazing, amazing woman. She was really, really Absolutely. Nice for her time. So uh, that's kind of, you know, and I always think, okay, if, if she was the, if she could do that during her time and era, um, you know, the sky, that's the shoulders that we're on and the sky should be really the limit for us um, during this time. And it and just, uh, oh gosh, it, it, uh, it definitely should be, uh, actually no limit at all, especially for women in business, because right. of, course, of course you go back to the old saying, uh, educate a woman and you're right. educating a whole community and a mm-hmm. village and all of mm-hmm. that. Um, I just, uh, again, uh, love everything you're doing and I hope you will come out to, or your husband will come out to, uh, our Gilda's Club event, uh, at Upper Montclair Country Club. It's May 7th and the reception begins at 6 p.m. Maybe perhaps he could, uh, Say a few words, and I hope you you can be there too. I would love to. Words. I would definitely love to join. Oh, great! May seventh uh, at Gilda's Club, and uh, we also have uh, an event at the Wellness Lounge. Actually, it's Thursday, May first, from five to eight p.m. Uh, Mr. Jeffries, your husband, and. Uh, I believe you're you're coming too. Hopefully, yes. come out. Uh, so come and meet us. Come out and meet us. Yeah, come and come and meet. Come We'd love to meet you guys. Fabulous couple, and I love that you mentioned it. It has nothing to do with age. You really have to be able to, I, I think, and inspire and do the work and right. participate. Just participate, and I think you are participating in a huge way. But please, uh, let's uh, talk about how people can actually find you um, and your husband, if you like. Sure. I'm, uh, I'm actually launching the cultivationgroup.net's website. It should be up maybe in the next, uh, probably like, we'll go live probably in the next three weeks, so you can mm-hmm. check me out there. Um, mm-hmm. And my husband's running for mayor, of course, so please, if you want to find out information about his campaign, um, jeffreysformayor.com. I think it's, even if you're not in Newark, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, why should I care if I'm not in Newark? And I think, again, back to the concept of that we're all connected and excellent leadership that's, mm-hmm. you know, that shares the same values that you, that if you're listening and you feel like we have the same values and the same interests, we really need to lift up great leaders. Um, you know, people love President Obama. He didn't get, you know, he didn't get there on his own. You know, you know, if you, right. really, if you, if you like a leader and he started off on the ground. So there was people that were lifting him up, you know, every step of the way. And all <clears> over the country. All you know, the, uh, even when uh, he ran for senator, I think uh, I had an invite uh, invite to attend uh, an event uh, right there in Montclair when he was exactly. running for senator. That's so it. That, and and a lot of people, in the city. you know, you realize that great leadership, we need to bubble great leadership, you know, up, you know, because we're all, again, we're so connected. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard space to be in. You know, a lot of really good people don't want to jump in the 
the arena of politics <laughs> for several That's weeks. True. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but when you do, when you find some, Shavar is very smart. You know, went to Columbia, went to Duke. In spite of all of the things he had, you know, he's been through. He's has you know experience at the AG's office. He's you know a Seton Hall law professor. He you know wow. he's a war president. He's done all these amazing things, and he's ready to be the mayor. Um, but when you have leadership that at the base of it wants mm-hmm. to support the people and, and has the community at his heart, I think those are the types of leaders that we want to continue to support and um, champion. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Please come back and uh, join us again because uh, I think you have just empowered not only communities but women all over the world. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, I just want to say this, this beautiful woman oh. has shared all of this great information uh, with what she and her husband are doing uh, in Newark and for Newark. And, uh, yeah, they're taking it a step further, which means that you can uh, really engage on that level, I think, almost any place in the world. So those of you who are listening um, and uh, throughout the world in all these uh, different countries, uh, just know that this is, yeah, it's a city, but... It's, the focus is also community, and I think uh, Tananye and uh, her husband, uh, Mr. Shavar Jeffries, are doing it well and taking it a step further. So uh, on that note, I want to thank you so much for joining us, uh, Tananye, and please come back. I would okay. love to. I'd be honored to, Desiree. Thank you for this great platform. This is exactly what people need. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So tune in again next week, and you can always, uh, of course, uh, download uh, this show and any other show that uh, is produced uh, on the Empowerment Channel at uh, Voice America. And you can find us at the Wellness Lounge. It's a step further, 14 South Orange Avenue in New Jersey, or just engage with us online and Twitter, which is Wellness Enter, and Facebook. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge. Just step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.